Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Nothing Exciting Ever Happens by Ellen E. Morrison Connie stepped from the front door onto the porch in time to wave to her friend Alice, who was speeding by on her bicycle. Then she sat down on the stoop, looking very lonely and feeling lonely, too. This is such a quiet town, she said to herself. Nothing exciting ever happens here. If I had a bicycle, I could at least go places in the afternoons the way Alice does. But Connie knew that it would be a long time before she would be able to get a bicycle. Mother and Dad couldn't afford to buy one now, and Connie had to spend her babysitting money for other things she needed. She watched the new yellow daffodils nodding beside the front walk. A stray breeze blew her hair over her face, and as she brushed the strands back, she thought how pleasant the breeze felt on this unusually warm day in March. Just then, her mother came to the front door and said, Connie, please go over to Mrs. Brown's and ask her for the cake recipe she promised to give me. Sure, mother, Connie replied, glad to have something to do. She knew Mrs. Brown quite well, for she often stayed with her three-year-old daughter, Shirley. The Brown home was only a block away, and Connie reached it in a few minutes. As she walked up to the front door, Mrs. Brown called to her from a neighbor's house. Go right on in, Connie. I'll be there in a little while as soon as I make a phone call. My telephone is out of order. Connie decided to sit on the front porch instead of going inside and settled herself in the swing. She wondered where Shirley was, but then remembered that the little girl was probably up in her room taking her afternoon nap. Yet suddenly she thought she heard Shirley's voice. It sounded as though she were outdoors somewhere. Connie left the swing and walked to the front steps. She heard Shirley distinctly this time calling, Mommy! in a voice that sounded afraid. Again it came, Mommy! The call seemed to be coming from high up. Connie moved down the steps and away from the house so she could see Shirley's upstairs bedroom window. It was open about six inches, and Shirley had her hands on the sill and her face at the opening, crying. Suddenly terrified, Connie realized why the child was afraid. Smoke was seeping out of the window on both sides of Shirley's head. I'm coming, Connie gasped, her voice hardly more than a whisper. She ran into the house and up the single flight of stairs to the second floor. There she met flames pouring from a hall closet. Shirley's room lay beyond. How could she reach the child? Then she noticed that there was a space about two feet wide between the opposite wall and the flames. She ran to it and paused a moment until another faint cry from Shirley spurred her on. Pressing close to the wall, she crept safely past. Through the smoke, she saw that the door to Shirley's room was open. She ran in and found the sobbing child still at the window. Shirley! she cried, overjoyed at finding her unharmed. Afraid to lose a moment, she picked up the child and started back into the hall. The smoke had become so dense by this time that it set them both to coughing and brought tears to their smarting eyes. Connie strained to see through the smoke. Could it be possible? Flames had blocked their way of escape. Still carrying Shirley, Connie ran back into the bedroom. She threw the window open wide and saw that several people were already running toward the house, Mrs. Brown among them. From somewhere off in the distance, a fire siren wailed. But Connie knew that she could not wait for help. Frantically, her eyes scaled the side of the house. They came to rest on a drain pipe scarcely a foot from the window. With quick presence of mind, she hurried back to the bed and stood surely on it. "'Get on my back, Shirley, like you do when we play horse!' she exclaimed, turning around so the little girl could obey her command. Flames were already licking at the threshold of the door. Shirley climbed on her back. "'What are you going to do?' she asked in a tiny childish voice as Connie carried her to the window. 
I can't tell you now, Connie answered, trying to sound calm, but just hold on real tight. Carefully, Connie stepped up on the windowsill, not daring to look to the ground below. With two swift kicks, she discarded the black patent leather pumps from her feet. She reached out for the drain pipe and clutched it with both hands. Hold tight, she repeated to Shirley, but she didn't need to. The little girl was holding on for her very life. Connie took her feet from the windowsill. Frightened gasps arose from the crowd below. For a brief moment, Connie tested the drain pipe, hoping against hope that it would hold this extra weight. It gave slightly, but showed no other signs of weakening. Slowly, she began to go down. Above them, red tongues of flame mingled with smoke appeared at the window. Below, all eyes were turned upward, watching the two girls. Even the arrival of the fire engines did not divert their attention. When Connie at last set foot on the ground, a loud cheer went up from the watchers, who crowded around to congratulate her. Mrs. Brown, eyes filled with tears of relief and happiness, clasped Shirley close in her arms and said to Connie, "'I'm so grateful to you. I don't know what we would have done without you.' A voice arose from the midst of the crowd. "'What do you say we raise another cheer for the bravest girl in town?' The crowd responded with a hearty shout that made Connie blush. The next afternoon, when Connie came home from school, she saw the delivery truck from Johnson's Hardware Store parked in front of her house. The delivery man was removing a shiny new bicycle from it. Connie walked up to him and exclaimed, "'Don't you have the wrong address?' "'I don't think so,' the man replied, a twinkle in his eyes. "'Aren't you Miss Connie Danford?' "'Yes, I am,' Connie said, surprised. "'Well, then, this is for you.' By now, the bicycle was out of the truck and sitting on the front walk. Connie, breathless with excitement, noticed an envelope bearing her name tied to the handlebar. Quickly, she tore open the flap and removed the note inside. It read, Dear Connie, we could never really repay you for your bravery in saving Shirley yesterday. Your mother told me once how much you want a bicycle, so we hope you will accept this one as a thank you gift from us. With love and deep gratitude, Mrs. Janice Brown. Connie refolded the note and tucked it in her pocket. With unbelieving hands, she caressed the shiny handlebars, murmuring happily, And I was the one who said that nothing exciting ever happens in this town. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.